Hallelujah. Amen. We sing praise to the Lord Most High this morning. Hallelujah. So good to see you here. We have people coming in, uh, bringing in food for the fellowship dinner after a while. Just stand up and let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. He is worthy. Church, we are here to worship the Lord our God, the only God, Jehovah. Amen. Can you shout his name? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name.
We just magnify your name, Lord. You are worthy of all of our praise. He is holy, church. We need to get back to realizing that there is a holy God. Amen. He is holy. And all that know him must walk in holiness. We must river and revere him today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. A thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the land. Hallelujah. And all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the land. Your name is the highest. Your
that you know our heart this morning. You can meet every need. You've supplied all that we have need of on Calvary. We thank you, Jesus. We just praise you for what you've done.
thank you this morning. Lord, we can go back to different pivot points in our life where, Lord, we were struggling in our soul shrimp, our mind, our will, our emotions. And we can, we can look back at times in our life, Lord, when we really didn't know what to do. Or we wanted to, to throw in the towel. We wanted to give up. Lord, we didn't know what was going to happen to that, that marriage or that sickness or with that family member or that relationship. And Lord, we felt like we were sinking. But Lord, you came in and you renewed us and you refreshed us and you brought hope in us. And God, we sang this song, this one more course, and God, we thank you that when I was at the lowest pivot point of my life, you wretched down and made a way where there was no way at all. You made a way at that time and pivot point in our life. So Father, we're going to sing uh, this verse one more time out together in unity as a choir. Let's sing it together, church. Amen. across the aisle and don't be shaking hands with everybody you know. Find someone you don't know, love on them and tell them how you appreciate them being here this morning.
morning. Hallelujah. How many be glad in the house of the Lord this morning? Friends Day, we do have people out traveling. Our children's pastor, him and his wife are out traveling today and other people are out traveling. So be praying for them. Thank you for coming to the house of God this morning. Amen. How many of you love to eat? Yeah, some of you can tell it. Some of you can tell it. You need to do some exercise and amen. After church, after church, right after church, we're going to have a meal downstairs. Whether you uh, brought anything or not, I sure hope to the world somebody brought a coconut pie today. Amen. Praise the Lord. uh, Hallelujah. If you're here for the very first time, we're glad you're here this morning. Right in front of you is a connection card. If you will just pick that up and fill that out and give us a little information about you so we can keep in contact with you. We're so glad that you're here this morning in the back. We have a book for you on the right-hand side of our welcome desk, so we'd like for you to pick that up. We're glad you're here this morning, church. Let's give everybody a hand that's new this morning. Yes. Hallelujah. And i got just a few announcements. Our men and women's uh, Bible study is going great. Uh, Sister Cindy is doing the women's Bible study and doing a great job in that. Yes. Amen. And Brother Malcolm with our men's ministry is doing a great job with our men's ministry, so we appreciate that. I do want to mention every Sunday morning, we have adult Sunday school class downstairs for some reason, quarter after nine, I believe it is, uh, nine o'clock, nine o'clock. Brother Dale does a great job, so I want to encourage you to be in, uh, in that. Praise the Lord. Let's go into the Word of God just for a few minutes this morning. And I want to talk about just for a few few minutes, uh, that when we are hit blindsided, what do we do? Blind, hit, being hit blindsided, but still believing. Uh, but still believing. You know, it's the sun can be shining uh, one day, and we can wake up to the next day to being hit blindsided by something uh, in our uh, life. Uh, maybe that, maybe it's that phone call that you got from uh, the doctor and your head is is uh, spinning. Maybe you've been blindsided by someone that you truly uh, always trusted in, uh, but now you're walking in uh, uh, betrayal. Uh, or it's that it's that it's, it's that phone call or or something that you come up that comes up in your life or you get that knock on the door. And you're blindsided uh, by it, and at that moment you you feel like that you have no you have no hope that life is life is hard. Uh, how do we stand strong in that battle? How do we how do we keep our faith during that time? Because we feel faithless, we feel hopeless uh, when we're hit blindsided. Uh, so. What do we do during uh, those times? Well, the Holy Spirit uh, penned it in 2 Kings. It's about 845 B.C. And the king of Syria becomes furious. Uh, he becomes furious because Syria, which is a brutal army, and an army that loves to hit the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, blindsided. And at this time in history, um, Syria is going to attack Israel. But every time they go to attack Israel, doesn't that sound like the enemy? He's furious. And he likes to hit us blindsided in our life. But every time they go to attack Israel, the king of Israel gets a message of what direction they're coming in. So the king of Syria is furious that every time he goes to attack Syria, goes to attack Israel, that there's a message getting back to the king of Israel where they're going to attack. Let's pick that scripture up in 2 Kings chapter 16 
In, uh, excuse me, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14 through 17. So the foundation I want to lay this morning is what do we do when we get hit blindsided in our life? You find out that family member, you just found out that they've got cancer and don't got but a couple of days to live. We've all been hit blindsided or we will be hit blindsided. And what do we do? 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 14 through 13 is where we're going to take our text this morning and it's going to give us these answers. The Bible says, And then he sent the horses into chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. Say with your, say to your neighbor, surrounded the city. Surrounded. Then the servant of the man of God, the servant of the man of God, got up and went out early the next morning. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And this is the voice of the servant. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Isn't that a question that you and I have when something hits us blindsided in our life? Lord, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do with that That. That marriage now that she just walked in or he just walked in and said that I'm leaving. What am I going to do with that doctor's report? What am I going to do with this bad relationship? I could go on and on. What do I do? And that's what the servant asked. What shall I do? Don't be afraid, the prophet Elijah answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and the servant looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah and his servant. The first thing that I see in this passage of Scripture or in this story is, the very first thing that jumps out to me is that the servant was attacked by fear. When things suddenly hit us in our life that we don't understand, and they are out of nowhere, and they're bad news, the weapon that the enemy uses in our lives is the weapon of fear. And so the, the servant of the prophet said, what shall I do? Let's say that together. What shall I do? And the very first thing that Elijah tells him is in verse 16, don't be afraid. Fear is a demonic spirit. The weapon, the enemy uses the weapon of fear on our minds. On our emotions. He captures us in a state of bondage. And He does everything that He can, can to destroy you and I when we get hit blindsided with something in our life. The very thing that the enemy uses to attack us is the weapon of fear. And Elijah and his servant had been caught blindsided. Elijah, listen to this church, Elijah speaks in faith. The servant speaks in fear. Let's say that together. Elijah speaks in faith. His servant speaks in fear. Because the servant said and runs back to the old prophet and he says, Master, what shall we do? I think the best prayer that you and I can pray that when we're hit blindsided in our life is not what shall I do, Lord, but Lord, open my eyes to what is going on in my life at this moment. I have found out in my life, and I'm sure you have found out in your life, when you ask God, what shall I do? Or you question God the why? 
this is going on in my life, I usually never get an answer back from God. How about you? He normally doesn't tell me why this is going on in my life. But if I would ask the right question, Lord, open my eyes to what's happening at this moment and at this time in my life. We can have 2020 vision physically, but we can actually be blinded spiritually. We can have 2020 vision physically, but we can be blinded spiritually. So, Lord, open my eyes to what's just happened in my life. How many of you want God to open your spiritual eyes? Because when He opens our spiritual eyes to what's going on in our life, it drives fear out of our life. How many of you have been tormented by fear in your life before? Well, when God opens our eyes and shows us what He's doing, it starts to drive fear out of our life, doesn't it? So I'm going to give you three or four things out of this story that I believe that will give you hope and that will help you when you're hit blindsided. Number one, Lord, open my eyes of understanding and knowing that nothing surprises you, God. I believe this story is clear that Elijah and his prophet wasn't surprised by the attack because when God opened their eyes, they seen the army that was surrounding. Yes, we are surprised by the bad news, the bad phone call, the bad doctor's report, the bad betrayal. Yes, you and I get blindsided, but God wasn't blindsided. He doesn't get blindsided by what's going in, on in our life. Always remember that nothing surprises God. Let's say that together. Nothing surprises God. No matter what's going on in my life, nothing surprises God. Remember, God is writing your story in your life. God is writing your story in your life. Now, you and I might not like the chapter that He's writing. You and I might not like the chapter of the book that He's penning in our life. We might not like that. But let's remember as He's writing our story in our life, Let's remember that we may be surprised by some of the things that are ha that happen, but let's remember God is not surprised by what's going on in our life. Remember, He is not finished writing your story. Verse 14 tells us that the Syrian army came by night, meaning that the army hit them blindsided. They didn't see the army. They didn't see the horses. They didn't see the chariots. Remember, how many times have you went to bed and the sun is shining in your life to sometimes to wake up to something that has happened? God seen the army coming. God seen the horses and the chariots coming. Elijah and his servants may not seen it, but let me testify, God did. Whatever's going on in your life at this moment, God knows what's going on. He is not surprised by it. Yes, it hurt at yes, it hurts at times. Maybe once again the enemy has attacked your marriage, your health, your children, attacking your mind. Maybe the enemy has hit you with this force of fear, but nothing surprises God. Nothing. No power in hell, no scheme of the devil can destroy the plan that God has for your life. God knows exactly what the enemy is up to. And it doesn't surprise Him. Once again, I have the tendency to ask God, why? Why, Lord, is this going on in my life? Why is this 
happening in my life. And I want to change my prayer to stood asking God why. God, open my eyes to see what you're doing in my life. Psalms chapter 511 says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them forever sing for joy and spread your protection over us, our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? No matter what we're facing in our life, God's protection is surrounding us. Why? Because He knows exactly what's happening in our life. Number two, Lord, open my eyes to realize that when life hits me hard, that hard isn't the opposite of good. Hard isn't the opposite of good. It's hard to see the goodness of God when things are hitting us hard in our life. All the difficulties that we may be facing, all the arrows that the enemy may be shooting at us, yes, it may be hard, but let's remember hard isn't the opposite of good. Good is still actually working in our life, brothers and sisters, when bad things are happening. It all may seem, may be seem bad. It all may feel bad. You may think that it's never going to work out. But God has a way of intertwining so much good in the midst of so much bad. Can you say amen, Pastor? God has a way of intertwining so much good and so much bad in our life. Hard isn't the opposite of good. The Bible says the Lord is good. Let's say that together. The Lord is good. In the midst of our trouble, the Lord is good. In the midst of bad things, the Lord is good. A strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in Him. God, we, we have this saying, God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Now, we quote that a lot of times when everything's going great in our life. When the sun is shining and all our bills are paid and all of our relationships look good and our marriage is going good and our body's healthy and we quote that. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. But how many times do we actually quote that when, pardon my expression, all hell is breaking loose in our life? But hard isn't the opposite of good because in the midst of everything that's going on in our life, God is still good. He's still somehow, some way, working a miracle and intertwining and, and, and moving the chess pieces on the board of our life to make it all work out for His Good. Romans chapter 8.28 says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good. For the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Somehow God can do it. I, I don't know how, but some God can take the bad. And it's a miracle, isn't it? Have you seen God take the bad in your life? And then over here is the good? It took a miracle from God to intertwine any work and to work and put all those pieces in place for it to turn out for our good. It's a miracle, but He does it in each one of our lives. I know, I know it hurts. I know that we're looking at our situation and, and, and it keeps talking back to us. How many of you had children that talk back to you? I mean, come on, let me say that again. How many of you have had children that talk that talk back to you? Huh? How many of you have children that still talk back to you? And how many of you parents still like to tell your children what to do and they're 30 years old? Like, you're crazy. You're acting crazy, making crazy decisions. But they're going to still talk back like they did when I was. You've heard me say that before. My dad used to tell me, don't you know, don't you know the word N-O? It's not but two. N-O, no. And the enemy 
knows how to talk back to us. Listen to this. The enemy wants to lie to you about the situation that's going on in your life. It looks dim. It looks black. You don't understand it. And I know that some of you are hurting here this morning. And I don't understand it. And you don't understand it. And God may never explain it to you. But I know in the midst of it all that I have to walk by faith. And I have to get up and tell myself every morning that what I'm looking at that may not look good, that may not feel good, that i got to get up and tell myself and speak to myself, Kevin... God is still good. Second of all, third of all, excuse me. Lord, open my eyes to realize that when life hits me hard and hits me blindsided, that I remember there is a hidden gift in every hurt. That God, there is a hidden gift in every hurt in my life. Uh, How many of you have heard of dumpster diving? There is a gentleman called uh, Matt Malone. You can actually go look this up on the internet. That is a professional at this. His day job, he makes around $100,000 a year. But in his dumpster diving, he makes around one hundred or $200,000 a year. I would say there's a treasure in the trash. There's treasure in the trash. That's my point. Through all of the junk that's going on in my life, there is treasure somewhere in what? In the trash. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 8 and 9, just a, a couple verses. He says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, talking to the Corinthian church, about the trouble we went through in the providence of Asia. And this is what he says was happening to him. See if you can, maybe you're here or maybe you can put yourself here. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through this. Are you going through something in your life right now you don't seem like you're going to get through? Or you have gone through something you didn't feel like you would ever get through, this is what Paul is speaking about. He said, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. That's that moment that you can't fall asleep at night. That's that moment where you just don't know what to do. And he says, on the ability to endure, we thought we would never live through it. Have you ever had something in your life you didn't never think you'd get through? He said, in fact, he said, we expected to die. But as for the result, listen, we stopped relying on ourselves and relearn to rely only on God Who raised the dead? This is what I penned and this is what I felt like Paul was saying. I have been crushed and overwhelmed beyond my ability to hold on. I have fought through the struggles, the worry, the anxieties, the confusion, the fear coming out of my emotions and I am tired and worn out in a place of exhaustion because I have tried to hold on with my own ability. That's my commentary. And I believe Paul was saying, I throw my hands up and I just, I I, I totally surrendered to God my whole life. Did you hear me? I believe Paul was saying that my emotions, my mind, my will, my emotions, the enemy continually attacks my mind. Have you seen the rate of suicide? Have you seen the rate of of, of mental health now? 
The enemy is just bringing anxiety and fear and worry and fret and struggle and people don't know what to do with it. And I believe Paul was here with everything he was going through. And I think he said in his life that, you know what? I am giving, I am totally surrendering it all. Totally giving it all to you, God. God, I'm, I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving you my, 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 my family. See, this is, this is a whole lot easier to preach out of this text than it is to live out of this text. I can preach this text. I can commentary this text. I can bring Spurgeon into the text. I can bring Matthew Henry into the text. I can bring Matthew Poole into the text. And I can commentary this text. And I can give you my commentary. But brothers and sisters, it's easy to read this text for a morning devotion. It's a different story to live out of this text. Because what Paul was saying is, I, I, I've tried to do it on my own. I am the Apostle Paul, but he said, I'm struggling with all these struggles. I'm overwhelmed. I'm crushed on every end. And what he says, he says, I'm giving it all to you, God. He said, I'm giving you, in so many words, that you and I have to say, I'm giving you my wife. I'm giving you my children. I'm giving you the church. I'm giving you all of my family. I'm giving you my health. I'm giving you everything that has to do with me, Lord. I'm surrendering it all to you in my hands. I surrender all. We all are good at singing that, that song. I surrender all. I surrender all. And it sounds good when the keyboard's going and the drums are going and they're singing it and we're all in unity together. It really sounds good, doesn't it? Doesn't, doesn't it sound good? It really sounds good to our natural ear. But when it comes to you and I surrendering it all, it's this struggle going on inside of our life because every one of us in this building thinks that we can do it on our own. I don't care if you're 18 or 80. And Paul came to the point in his life, I'm done with the struggle. He said, I'm tired of fighting this inner battle inside of me. And I believe he was saying, listen, I don't care how bad it gets. Paul said, if, if when I surrender to God, if it gets so bad that God has to resurrect my circumstance back to life, which reminds me, the worst day in history in the life of Christ was the greatest day in history. Over 2,000 years ago was the worst day in the life of Jesus Christ, so to speak. The same day was the greatest. Three days later, we find Him raising from the tomb again. You and I are living here and have life more abundantly, Brother Mark. Our sins have been forgiven. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life because our man called Jesus went to the cross over 2,000 years ago was the the worst day in history when we stand here or sat here this morning because it actually was the greatest day in history. And God will turn your worst day into your greatest. And lastly, I've seen out of this story is God surrounds me when I feel surrounded. God surrounds me when I feel surrounded. Elijah told his servant, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Honey, if y'all come. Those that are with us are more than if are with them. And verse 17 says, and Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. Lord, open my eyes. Let's say that one more time. Lord, open my eyes. And he looked and saw. 
servant looked and saw the hills full of horses and the chariots all around Elijah. I pinned this down. The hills full of horses and chariots had a picture. It represented God's protection. But then it said chariots of fire. The fire represented God's presence. So when I'm surrounded by the enemy, I'm also surrounded by God. I'm surrounded by His protection. And I'm surrounded by His presence. Because remember Hebrews chapter 12 verse 29 says, Our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. So when I'm hit blindsided, I know that I'm protected. I know that God is surrounding me. I know hard isn't the opposite of good. And I know God is on my side. Let's stand this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed today. Oh, Father, we thank you this morning. Let's sing this chorus just for a moment. Let's sing it together. This is my desire to I got this life thing figured out. Can, can I tell you? Praise God for that. But somewhere along the line, you're going to get hit. Life is life. Life hurts. The devil will make sure that you get a dart shot at you. Amen. And the older I get, the more I realize that the more I surrender to God, the more He works all things out for His good. And actually, the more He works it out for my good when I just surrender to Him. When I just, when I just surrender. But it's this, it's this inner struggle inside of us. And I, 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 I want everybody to look at me just for a second. You know, Jesus, Pastor, Pastor Steve, had that inner struggle of His will and the Father's will. See, there's two wills. There's God's will for your life. And then there's your will. Okay? We're not going to do God's will unless God bends us into His will. See, we can't do it on our own. 
okay? We can't do it on our own. Now, we'll try to do it on our own. We'll say we want God's will. But we just go back doing what we want in our own will. So my prayer over the last couple weeks for my life is, Lord, here is your will. And here is, Brother Dale, my will. And I want my will. That's the flesh. How many of you want your own will? Okay, the rest of you need to tell me the truth. How many of you want your own will? How many of you want to walk in your own way? Come on, man. I want my own stuff. I want to walk my own way, go my own way, do my thing, right? I'm a Christian, but I still want to do my own thing. Come on, man. We're all like that, every one of us. Come on, every one of us are selfish to a certain extent, right? We want our own way. We want, to, we want our way. And here's God's way. So my prayer's been the last couple of weeks. God, I can't, I can't make my will become your will. I can't do it. So you are going to have to bend my will into your will. God, you're going to have to do it in my life. Holy Spirit, you're going to have to do it because I, I need to walk in your will. I want to walk your path. How many of you want to walk God's path? You want to walk His will, don't you? But I, as Paul said, I find myself doing what I don't want to do. And what I want to do, I find myself doing. And so it's, Father, you're going to have to take me and bend my will into your will, what you want, Lord. And that's exactly what happened in the garden before Jesus went to the cross. It sounds like to me, and maybe my theology is wrong, but it sounds like to me that Jesus Christ Himself struggled on earth with His will and the Father's will. And laying there in the garden of Gethsemane, and the Bible says, his, his tears came as great drops of what? Of blood. He was agonizing. God, I know it's your will, but I don't want to go just go to the cross. So my prayer is, God, I don't know what your will is, but the last couple of weeks has been, God, bend my will into your will. Yes. I invite you as we close before we go eat. I invite you to pray that prayer with me this morning. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like for you. I don't know where God's going to take you. I don't know what God's going to do with you. I don't know what doors God's going to open up for you. I don't know how God's going to bless you. I don't know what trial you might go through. I don't know what you might face because His will looks different than my will. But God, I'm going to pray for you to bend me into your will. And you know what that is? That is surrender. That is surrender. Let's pray this together. Let's say this all together. Father, in Jesus' name, I want you to take my will and I want you to bend it into your will. Lord, I don't know what you're going to have to do. But thy will be done. So when I'm hit blindsided, Lord, if I've surrendered to you, all things are going to work out for my good. Jesus' name. Listen to me. I want to let you go. But I wish I could take all of you and just put my arms around you. Because I know a lot of you has got a lot of things going on in your life right now. I mean, a lot of you have got family issues going on. You just got a lot of stuff going on right now. You can't figure out what your kids are acting crazy. You know what's going on. 
your relationships. You just don't, can't figure it all out. I want to tell you, the more you just say, dear God, I don't care if you're a farmer. I don't care if you're a salesman. I don't care what you do in life. You all, you got something going on. And I'm telling you, freedom only comes through surrender. I don't want to surrender. I don't know about you. And you know why we don't want to surrender? Because sometimes we've got pride in our life. Right? Right? I mean, pride in my own life. In Kevin's own life. Thinking, you know, God, I got this. I got it. I can figure it out. Come on. The more I go, the more I find that I can't figure it out. And I find myself in anger walking in things that I don't want to walk in. So God, I surrender my life. Do you bend my will to your will? In Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you ready to go? As the old country boy, I once said I want some grub. How many of you ready to go eat? Amen. Let's go eat some grub. Amen. God bless you. Let's go downstairs and eat. Hallelujah. Let's give the, the Lord a hand. Go ahead and say the blessing, Pastor. Say the blessing. Hey, hey, before we go, before we go, let's pray over the food up here, right? Yeah. Thelma, I hope she brought some of them, what? They're all them corn puffs? Cream what puffs. Cream puffs, <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the food that we're about to take. Lord, bless our fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.